We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts and the 2021 NBA draft is in the books. The Minnesota Timberwolves had no picks because both their first round pick and their second round pick in this draft were traded a year ago in the D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins swap. So they made no picks, but they did make a trade. Pretty big one. Not like a not Ben Simmons level big, but trading Ricky Rubio for Torian Prince and a future second round pick is decently big. Because of what it what it rules out. I mean, as you all know, we've been playing this hypothetical Ben Simmons, John Collins, Miles Turner trade game for, for months now, right? And the two names we've talked about outgoing from the Timberwolves in those trades were always either Ricky Rubio or Malik Beasley. That's just the reality of how trades work. You gotta you gotta send out money to take money in. So if the Wolves were ever gonna trade for a player, or are still ever gonna trade for a player with a salary in the twenty million dollar range, then they needed to trade a player in that same salary range, and that was Beasley and Rubio. Beasley's there at $15 million, and Rubio was there at $18 million. And with Rubio now out, that takes away one option. Torian Prince only makes $13 million, so he's not really in that range. So if the Wolves are still going to get aggressive in this offseason in the trade market, and if D'Angelo Russell really is off limits, well then Beasley is now the only guy that really fills that financial slot. I say that, I lead with that, to be a hint that I don't think Torian Prince is a piece they're trading for to be moved yet again in another deal. Obviously, that's that's subject to change. It's early in all this, but I think as we sit here on the night of the draft, right now, the expectation seems to be that Torian Prince will be a power forward for the Timberwolves next season, potentially even their starting power forward. In our press conference tonight with Gerson Rosas, we could not specifically ask about the Rubio for Prince swap. That's just kind of how the rules work when the deal isn't yet final. So for me, in an, in an effort to ask about it without asking about it, I asked Rosas what type of power forward brings the most out of Cat. I was kind of trying to see if he would hint at some princey type things. But instead, Rosas definitely threw another big old log on the what seemed like the dwindling fires of Ben Simmons, John Collins, and Miles Turner. I mean... He left the door open. This is what Rosas had to say. In your opinion, what attributes in a power forward help Cat the most? 
you know, we want to be open-minded about it. I think from a power forward perspective, uh, you know, whether it's a high, high skill level or a high, high defensive impact, and that takes into consideration defensive rebounding, uh, rim protection, or overall uh, ability to impact on the defensive end. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of those guys are, or what I'm describing are premium uh, talents and abilities. So those guys are hard to acquire. And you're, the, the reality is you want to develop them. And we have some guys on our roster that potentially can become those players. Or, uh, you know, you, you do what you can to get premium upgrades as aggressive as you can be. And those players are pretty rare when they become available in the market. But um, I, I say we're trying to be more open-minded uh, because it comes down to options. And sometimes that might be a center uh, with, with Cats versatility that would allow you to add a, a center who's more of a rim protector, rebounder, uh, you know, a defensive impact big that we can put next to Cat. Coach has had success in the past with that in New Orleans with two bigs. So uh, we're open-minded. At the end of the day, we want to find the best player available that can fit that need and can help drive winning for us. So the three things that Rosas explicitly brings up there were, one, a high, high skill level power forward. That sounds like John Collins. Two, a high, high defensive impact player. That sounds like Ben Simmons. Or three, he said, sometimes that might be a center who is more of a rim protector, which definitely sounds like Miles Turner. Gerson Rosas has progressively increased his public commentary about you know their willingness to go bigger we, we first heard him hinting at this path as a credible possibility when he did a press conference after the trade deadline this season I mean we're clearly no longer at the hinting stage there is a clear willingness to go truly big and seriously consider sliding towns to the floor I mean not just from the press conference but from other conversations I've had with people in the league I think of those three guys Miles Turner is far and away the most likely of the Simmons, Collins, Turner group to be the player on the Timberwolves next season. Pressed on the topic a little bit later in the press conference, Rosas did not shy away from suggesting that this is a path that they feel comfortable taking, given the versatility that Cat has. Is that idea of putting a center next to Carl something that maybe as an organization you grew more open to late last season? I mean, we've studied where the game went. We talked about it at the trade deadline, uh, but there's nuances to the game now where uh, you want to find the best way to put the most talent on the floor or to address your biggest needs. And as we talked about earlier in, in Dane's question, uh, we have to address defense and rebounding. Uh, and uh, Carl gives you so much offensive ability that you can take uh, – players that maybe don't have that ability next to him, whether that's at the four or whether that's unconventionally as a five, and maximize it. The versatility he gives us on offense gives us a luxury on defense that most teams don't have. Now, does any of that mean that Miles Turner is likely? No, it doesn't. I mean, these are just little flickers. They're possibilities. The more likely scenario or the most likely scenario at this moment is that the Wolves, again, try and go small at the four. That's what Tori and Prince would be. It does appear with this that, you know, Prince is Rosa's latest attempt at finding a small ball power forward to put next to Carl Anthony Towns. There was Robert Covington. Then there was Juancho Hernan Gomez. And once Juancho started to struggle last year, there was Jaden McDaniels sliding up to power forward in the second half of the season. And now there's Tori and Prince. What I will say 
is that I believe Torian Prince is the best pure shooter of all those guys. My Prince is a knockdown catch-and-shoot guy. Yes, Covington and McDaniels are definitely better defenders, but Torian Prince is a better shooter. I mean, you might have gone to Prince's basketball reference page and seen his career three-point shooting percentage of 37% and gone like, eh, not all that great. But what I would say is focus on his straight catch-and-shoot numbers because that is the role he will play in Minnesota, or that is the role he should play in Minnesota. Over Prince's career in Atlanta, Brooklyn, Cleveland, he just shot too many threes off the bounce. That's what drove his overall three-point percentage down. But just in catch-and-shoot, he's good. This year in catch-and-shoot, Prince shot 39%. The year before was a down year. He shot 36% on catch-and-shoot. But before that, 2018-19, 43% on catch-and-shoot. Heavy volume. year before that, 42% on catch-and-shoot in 2017-18. And then his rookie year, he was 34% in catch-and-shoot. He's a good catch-and-shoot catch and shoot player. And acquiring that skill set is the basketball motivation in acquiring Torian Prince. He's a high-level or decently high-level floor spacer. But there are that's not all that went into this trade. There are clearly motivations beyond basketball production for the Wolves making this move probably bigger motivations. And we'll get into what those financial motivations of swapping Rubio out for Torian Prince are after we take a quick break. You know, Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes car insurance so you only pay for what you need. You know what? Honestly, that's all we really want. You know, fairness. We want it in sports. We want it in life. That's why all sports we love have rules. That's why we have offsides so players don't float down the field or the ice and get cheap breakaways. That's why there are foul poles, sidelines, and out of bounds. In sports, the goal of fairness is built right in. Life doesn't work that way as we all know, but Liberty Mutual is trying to make insurance work that way. That's what only paying for what you need is all about. And you know, when you do that, you can also save a lot of money. So switch and save when you customize your car and home insurance with Liberty Mutual and only pay for what you need. What's more fair than that? Way to go, Liberty Mutual. This message was brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance Company. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. So again, the Wolves trade Ricky Rubio for Torian Prince and a 2022 second round pick. By doing that, they shed $4.8 million in the deal. Rubio is set to make $17.8 million this season on an expiring contract, and Prince will earn $13 million on an expiring contract. That $5 million bucks opens up what the Wolves can do this offseason. Before the trade, they were stuck. They were pressed up against the luxury tax. With Leandro Balmoral coming over, they had $3 million in space below the luxury tax line. They were way over the cap. So now, by shedding $5 million, they have $8 million in space below the luxury tax. And that that's financial flexibility. One window it opens up for the Wolves is that they can now potentially use the mid-level exception. If you're not familiar with the mid-level, the mid-level exception or the MLE, it's, it's functionally a free pass for all teams over the salary cap to offer a player a contract up to about $10 bucks in annual salary. That's what the Phoenix Suns used this past offseason to sign Jay, Cr- Jay Crowder. It's what Gerson Rosas and the capped out Houston Rockets used to sign P.J. Tucker back in the day. And if the Wolves can shed $2 million in salary, like $1.7 or something, they can now throw a full mid-level at someone this summer. Maybe even a starting power forward or a center. Or, instead of mid-level, they can use that financial flexibility to be used in a trade for players. You know, they can send out a $7 million and take back $10 million, whatever. Now you have... You can be a team. You can be the team in a trade who's taking back more money, or 
it can be used to re-sign one of their own players. And the Wolves example there, obviously, is Jared Vanderbilt. If they wouldn't have created this space, any offer to Vanderbilt over $3 million in starting salary would have pushed them into the tax. That would have been a no-go. So now, if they want, they can comfortably add Vanderbilt for you know, four or five million bucks if that's his going rate. What I will say on Vanderbilt is that I don't get a strong sense that he's a priority. I mean, I haven't heard that explicitly, but my read is more that Vanderbilt is kind of a backup plan if they aren't able to get someone with the MLE, if they're not able to pull off a trade. I know that if you read about the trade on The Athletic, John Hollinger mentioned Vanderbilt Pelton at ESPN suggested that that re-signing Jared Vanderbilt might have been like the primary motivation for this trade. That, you know, that could be. I think that's those guys looking at the numbers um, and, well, looking at Vanderbilt's numbers last year, which are good, and then looking at the financial numbers of it and kind of putting two and two together. I could certainly be wrong, but as of tonight, it's not my feel that Vanderbilt is a primary motivation in, I don't know, for using this financial flexibility. I think the more likely path the Wolves take with the flexibility is by trying to use it in the trade market. I asked Rosas about that tonight in the press conference. Gerson, um, it, you might be positioned in a place to have more financial flexibility than you have in, in previous seasons. And I'm curious if you would be more inclined to use that um, to add on salary in a trade or by using the mid-level exception. Yeah, Dane, I, I think we're going to be aggressively looking at both options and see what's the best route for us to add talent. Uh, flexibility is very important to us, uh, you know, as we move forward uh, in, in both of those stages. And uh, you really want to see what the market has to bear uh, from a trade perspective and from a free agent perspective. Uh, you know, we've talked about it. There was a lot of players that re-signed uh, in this class, which is a little concerning in terms of shortages and free agency, uh, which is going to lead teams to be aggressively involved in trades. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're, we're in a position where we're going to look at both of those uh, routes and see what's the best available for us. But as, you know, as, as we know, the roster's not set on draft day or when free agency starts. You know, I'm, I'm more concerned about where our team is going to be uh, come training camp and when we break camp and start the season. Again, if they do try to use the financial flexibility in a trade, it would be to take back more money than they're sending out. For example, you know, they could now trade Malik Beasley's $15 million contract for a $20 million player. Or they could trade Jarrett Culver's $6 million contract for an $8 million player. Or Juancho Hernan Gomez's $7 million for a $9 million player. At the end of the day, it just it creates financial flexibility the Wolves previously did not have. And I know some of you are probably sitting there thinking, hearing me say this, I, I said the same thing before last year. You're probably thinking, I heard the same thing about P.J. Tucker last year when they cut Ronda Hellas-Jefferson. They're supposed to, you know, now the financial flexibility by not signing him, now we can go do something else. And nothing happened, right? And that's fair. They might not do much of anything with this space, just like they didn't during the season last year. I mean, that that's just part of the risk of, you know, choosing this path. Maybe no good deals materialize for Rosas. And if that's the case, the trade is just Prince and a 2022 second round pick for Ricky Rubio. And in a vacuum, 
Prince is definitely just as far as quality of player. Prince is definitely a downgrade from Rubio. Rubio is a better player. Not Rubio at the beginning of last year, but Rubio right now. Rubio was, he, I mean, he was solid once Cat and D'Lo returned last year. He was, he was part of the reason they went 11 and 11 down the stretch. And he's certainly, Rubio's certainly been playing very well in these Olympics. The problem with Rubio, and it was the problem at the time they traded for him last year, was that he just doesn't fit well on a team that already has D'Angelo Russell. Those two on the floor together were a disaster in the first half of the season. The Wolves got outscored by 22 points per 100 possessions when Rubio and D'Lo shared the floor before Finch got here. It was, it was terrible. Now, those two actually did find success playing together under Finch. They had a positive net rating in those minutes. The Wolves were actually better in the minutes that Rubio and D'Lo were on the floor together than the minutes when those two weren't sharing the floor. Which is a reason I, I, per, I was open-minded to seeing how it would work this year. I personally, that's, that's one reason I didn't want to see the Wolves just trade Rubio in a salary dump style of a trade. Is this a salary dump? I mean, what you personally think of Tory and Prince determines how much of a dump you think this trade is or was. I, I, I mean, I think given the fact that they took back a pick, it, you can't call this a straight dump. I mean, the Wolves got a pick back, and and now they have three second-round picks next year. That's that's valuable. They have their own second. They have Philadelphia's second, which they got in the Jimmy Butler trade, and now they have this second from Cleveland. And having three seconds is decent ammo to use next week in the upcoming you know, off-season trade market. Can you can you attach one of those to Jarrett Culver in exchange for a future first? Culver plus a good second for a first? I don't maybe. Can you attach one to Wancho Hernan Gomez to dump his salary? I don't know, maybe. Or can you use one or two of those seconds to help facilitate a sign-in trade for a free agent this summer? Maybe. It's ammo. It's ammo to get better. And as Gerson Rosa said tonight, that's the motivation. The motivation is to get better, not necessarily get older. You talked about how young this roster is. As you head into free agency, is it at all a mission to get a little bit older? It's not a mission. It's a mission to get better. Uh, we would like some experience at different spots. Uh, but, you know, part of it getting older is this group. And, you know, we were together to finish last year. Uh, they'll have an opportunity to work through uh, this offseason season and uh, going into training camp. But I like the opportunity for our current group uh, just to age together, to have continuity, uh, and to build the chemistry that we need to be successful. But at the end of the day, Jace, it, it's going to start with our top guys. And as they grow, mature, and improve, uh, that's going to really uh, dictate our, our, our upside. Highly doubt that Gerson Rosas feels this move for Prince made the Wolves better. You know, Even if Prince is a better shooter, I think the move will present the same glaring problems that Covington and Wancho and McDaniels all presented as power forward partners next to Cap. He's small. Torian Prince is 6'8 in shoes. He's a small ball four. And if we've learned anything over the Rosas regime, it's that small ball fours next to Cat lead to terrible defense. Even, even if the small ball four is individually a good defender. I mean, Robert Covington, he's a good defender. But Cat's worst statistical defensive pairing in the 2019-20 season was alongside Robert Covington. They had a defensive rating of 117 when those two shared the floor, which is awful. Jaden McDaniels is a good defender, but Cat's worst statistical defensive pairing in 2020-21 
was with Jade McDaniels. They had a defensive rating of 116.8. Same as Covington. Awful. Torian Prince is, at best, a mediocre defender. Now, maybe the defensive rating will be better this year because of other factors. Some guys will improve, and maybe because Finch is a better coach. But if you dropped in an experiment, if you dropped Prince into this role on either of the teams from the last two years, the power forward position would be a disaster. Because it was a disaster with Covington and McDaniels, two players who are better than Prince. We know that this archetype of power forward does not synergize well with Cat defensively. It just, it just doesn't. I actually kind of like Prince in the sort of role that Wancho had a year ago, kind of at the end of the season. I think we can imagine Prince running in that second unit from last year, right? Next to, remember that, next to D'Lo, McLaughlin, Vanderbilt, and Nas. If you have Prince in there, I, I like that. I guess he's playing small forward there. But I think that's a fun, up-tempo group that can score while Cat and Ant aren't on the floor. I, I'm totally fine with this move if that's what the plan is with Prince. I mean, Rubio was going to be a backup anyways, so so sure, yes, Rubio is better than Prince, but backup power forward is way more of a need on this team than back, backup point guard is. Plus, you cut money and you pick up a pick that can maybe help you in a trade in the offseason. I mean, this... This trade could be a good move in the aggregation of an offseason of multiple moves. Standing alone, I don't love it. Standing alone, your team got worse, and you're still on a path that doesn't really have a lot of direction. But I'm open to the idea that this could be one move of multiple moves that ends up being greater than the sum of their parts, right? If you're a Timberwolves fan, I think that's what you're hoping for tonight. You're hoping that this isn't it. You're hoping that... Gerson Rosas can use this extra crease of flexibility to help something more happen. That's what I got for you tonight. It's so late. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Britt is out of town on vacation, so we're not going to be able to record tomorrow or any time in the next coming days. But the beginning of free agency is literally right around the corner on Tuesday, I think it starts. And that will, I'm sure that'll bring something more for us to talk about so if i don't talk to you sooner i'll talk to you then and real quick shout out ricky rubio he's a classy dude he's a part of the wolves fabric regardless of anything i'm looking forward to watching him play in cleveland next year with kevin love i'll talk to y'all later until then i'm dane peace out how i'm feeling man i hope it never stops yeah green and hot so you can find me in the crowd yeah yeah don't let standards ever ever bring you down yeah